Welcome to the Village Idiots Podcast. I'm your Dungeon Master, Nathan. With me, I have Jordan. Hey. Emily. Hello. Justin. Hi. And Nicole. Sup. We're a 5th edition's Dungeons & Dragons actual play podcast. Thank you all for listening. We really appreciate you coming here and being with us tonight. Or this morning. Wish you weren't so fucking awkward, bud. At the end of every episode, we name a village idiot. Last week's village idiot was Emily. Mm-hmm. For being the lone spellcaster, wandering off on her own. So, uh, Emily, what happened last week? Last week. Last week. I'll give you a hint. It was only like four days ago. It started out when we finally got to talk to Saf's dad. That's not where it started. That's where it ended, right? No, that's where it started. No. <laughs> then I'm not thinking of the right episode. Yeah, we talked to Saf's dad and convinced him using his own words against him to let Saf go off on her adventure with us. And with some help from great grandma, Pela. Is that her name? Pela, yes. And then uh then we heard some banging outside and people were running and screaming and we went to go check it out. Oh my god, you're right. The spiders. How could I forget about the spiders? You take it from here, girl. I just blocked everything out. Yes, we heard the screams. We ran out. We were looking around, trying to figure out what was going on. Um, oh, no, 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 wait. The um, There was a person, looks like a fighter, and she was like don't go over it's a and then she like disappeared from existence and so there's like blood and stuff everywhere but like no monsters around so we're wandering around nathan makes us roll initiative and then we're very confused because we keep going in initiative order but not do like nothing's happening so finally i get annoyed and i walked away from the party thinking that maybe this would make something happen and surprise i was right and a big old spider fell out of the sky and try to munch on me, and it didn't at first. <laughs> and then baby spiders came out, and then we started fighting the spiders and the baby spiders. And the spider bit me. I was down to one hit point, and then I used that one hit point to inflict wounds and kill big old spider. Ah, oh, that's right. Um, I have to make a redaction from last week's village idiot naming. Emily is still the village idiot, but not for running off and being the lone spellcaster by herself. She's the village idiot for using her last spell slot to harm this spider rather than heal herself. Yes, that was it. Yes. Continue. (laughs) I stand by this decision, by the way. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I did that. I used my last spell slot to obliterate the spider. The rest of the party took care of the uh, swarm baby spiders, and then we were done with that. I very much almost died. And didn't we end it there at the end? Mm. Yeah, it's just a combat episode. Yeah, combat episodes are easy to recap. Also, as you killed the spiders, the spiders popped out of existence. They um, were shifting in and out of existence to your eyes. So, uh, unless you all want to do something immediately following the spider encounter, 
Well, I didn't get to say goodbye to my pops. Okay, well, uh, you after the spider encounter, you're questioned by the, the copper mantles a little bit, and then you're set on your way. You spend the night in the Thornburn apartment, and you wake up the next morning feeling stronger. Everyone has leveled up. Yay. Yeah, we also didn't get a chance to really go through a lot of Milo's stuff to see if there were any clues except for that one letter to that one professor that you wanted to go see. I have a feeling that was going to be it. Also remember that I have to report like ASAP to my job. So Correct. Don't make me late for my job. Before we jump too deep into this week's episode, let's uh, remind everyone who's playing who and uh, tell them all what you uh, got when you leveled up. Everyone roll initiative to see what order we have to go in. All right. I got it a 16. 19. I got it a 19. I rolled a quattro. Sweet, sweet two. Okay, Scar, who are you? Or, I mean, <laughs> Nicole, who do you play? And <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> <laughs> Nicole, who, who do you play and what did you get at level three? I play Scarlet, a.k.a. Scar. I am a copper mantle, um, a tiefling fighter soldier background. I got to choose a martial archetype as a fighter for third level. I chose champion, which means that when I roll a 19 or a 20, I crit on attack rolls, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And my hit points went from 21, no, 22, to 33. That's it. <laughs> Sweet. Uh, Sa- or Justin, who do you play and what'd you get at level three? I play Safina Thornburn, and I am a level three halfling gunsmith artificer. And literally all I got is a couple hit points. So I went from 17 to 24 and nothing else. I went on an adventure and all I got was these little hit points. (laughs) Sweet. Awesome. Jordan, how's about you? Who do you play and what'd you get? Yeah, I play Agamir, the now level three rogue swashbuckler. That is the subtype I have chosen. I have a sailor background, so... They have a large focus on dueling. So my health increased, of course, as well. I know I went from 19 to 27, and I've gained two swashbuckler features. Fancy footwork. So any creatures I attack cannot make an opportunity. If I attack a creature, they cannot make an opportunity attack against me on that turn. I can also sneak attack if I am within five feet of the target. No one else is within five feet of me, and I don't already have disadvantage on the roll. So, very much like the idea I think they're going for is dueling. And I have rackish audacity, so my charisma adds to my initiative now as well. So, I have plus four to initiative. That's dope. Yeah, fancy. Rogues are cool. Yeah, I don't get anything cool from my subtype until like level nine from here on. So, (laughs) this will tide me over. I'm excited. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Good stuff. All right, Emily. Who are you? Who do? You, uh, what'd you get? Level three. Yeah, I am Drusilla. I go by Drew. I am a third level Grave Domain cleric. 
I got some more hit points, so I went from 13 to 20 hit points. So I miscalculated how many spells I could have. And so I needed to get, when I did calculate that, I needed more spells. So I have hella spells, y'all. Okay, so I got Shield of Faith. It's a level one spell. It says a shimmering field appears and surrounds a creature of your choice within range, granting it plus two bonus to AC for the duration, which is cool. And duration is 10 minutes, so that's neat. I got Blindness and Deafness. It's a level two spell. Um, I can blind or deafen a foe. Um, If the target fails a constitution saving throw, it's either blinded or deafened your choice for the duration. At the end of each of its turns, it can make a constitution saving throw to not be blind or deaf anymore. And then gentle repose. I thought this was neat, but I need to know, actually, this is a good question for Nathan. Let me just preface this by saying gentle repose is weird. It is weird, but I didn't choose it. This came with my grave domain cleric thing. You touch a corpse or other remains for the duration. The target is protected from decay and can't become undead. The target also effectively extends the time limit on raising the target from the dead, since days spent under the influence of the spell don't count against the time limit of spells such as raise dead. Yes. So, if anyone dies, I can use this, and then we could make them alive again, I guess. That would be helpful, but as far as touching a corpse to make it not decay for any other reason is very weird... I guess maybe so it doesn't become a zombie. But anyway, that's neat. Yes. And the duration for it is 10 days. And then I also got Prayer of Healing and uh, up to six creatures of your choice that you can see within a range. Each regain hit points equal to 2d8 plus your spellcasting ability modifier, which is four. So 2d8 plus four would be up to six creatures of my choice within range. So I can like kind of mass heal which would be very helpful, <laughs> I think, for what we're doing. Anyway, I think that was it. Yep, that was it. I got some cool stuff. Great. So, you all are awake now after a hard day's fighting. The day before, you're in the Thornburn apartment on Intepa. What would you like to do? Okay, so now that we have that name... Maybe I can, you'll let me roll a quick investigation around the apartment to, or the desk to see if there's anything else of use. Uh, you know what? I will. Okay. I'll allow it. I'll allow it. But you watch yourself, Thornburn. <laughs> I got it an 11. You see some very interesting things, but nothing that would give you any clues for your grandpa's whereabouts on tour. Grandpa. Grandpa. Okay. We've been calling him grandfather for so long, and then you just drop grandpa in there. Grandpa's on tour. (laughs) Grandpa's a rock star on tour. Yep. Hold on. I need to make a note. Heavy metal band, Dr. Milo, and the Thornburns. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. <laughs> nice, nice. It's like the Captain Von Trapp family singers, but like terrifying. So then I guess there's no real reason to stay here. So I would like to say goodbye to my papa. Okay. 
your papa is in the kitchen making a traditional halfling breakfast. What's that? What is that? Yeah. I'm glad you asked. Mm-hmm. He said, not glad they asked. You notice I said nothing. <laughs> uh, it includes it includes stuffed mushrooms, uh, mushroom stuffed mushrooms, in fact, uh, with a nice uh, stinky cheese on top, uh, eggs in a basket. Uh, you know, the, the, the egg with the bread, the, the bread with the, the egg in, in the it. middle, the toast. Yeah. Mm. Also called egg in a nest. Egg in the hole. Egg in a hole. Yeah. Also includes some nice, fresh, squeezed melon juice. <laughs> hmm. Yummy. Yeah. And uh, a side of fish. <laughs> <laughs> Agamir is kind of shamelessly helping himself. (laughs) (laughs) Salted fish. Mm. Hey, Dad, did you make enough for all of us? Why, yes, of course. uh, I mean, you... I just feel so horrible for telling you off like that, and then you go and save the town, and, well, maybe you've got a little bit of that that spark that, that Dad had, and I just can't... As much as it pains me, I mean, you held your own against those monsters. So, I mean, who am I to let you not go? He has, he, he looks like he's about to cry. Dad, no. And I give him a big hug. <laughs> oh, Safina, I love you so much. It's just, I worry about you so much ever since Grandpa went missing. And <sighs> it's just so hard without him, you know? Yeah, I know. I miss him too. Don't worry, I'll bring him home. Somehow, now I believe you more than ever before. Aw, this is cute. I don't mean to interrupt, but um, can I get a recipe for these mushrooms? These are dope. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, yeah, ab- absolutely. Okay, cool, cool. Uh, uh, S- S- Saf knows the, the recipe. Yeah. Cool. She takes like a loud sip from her melon juice. You hear the straw slurping, like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she has no concept of uh, what's happening at all. So, um, Dad, I think we're ready to get going, but thanks for letting us stay here, and I'll see you at home sometime. I'm sure my adventures will bring me back to the family estate at some point, so I'll see you there. Sure, I'm, I'm going to take... Great Grandma Pela, back back home to the to the estate, and hope that we hear from your grandfather. Yeah, that's probably a good idea. Let let a uh, deny help her out, help you out, taking care of her. Don't forget Tootsie, and don't forget Tootsie, indeed. Oh, we won't. Okay, I chug the rest of my melon juice, and then we're on our way. To where again? I have pockets full of mushrooms. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> okay, sweet. That was like mostly her diet. I'm assuming she's in the woods. She's eating a lot of mushrooms and stuff. And this ha- these have cheese on them. Stinky cheese. She didn't think about that. She had never thought about it. She got pockets full of them. Pockets full of stinky cheese. All right, this is going to be a great adventure. Stinky cheese mushrooms. Yes. Yeah. So you leave the Thornburn apartment, and where are you all going? 
Well, we should go to the uh, ultimate knowledge place. Yeah, to look for Dorena Ravenridge, right? And find out what's wrong with my brain. And I quickly turn around to the rest of the guys and I'm like, I'm so glad that worked. Grandma didn't help me out at all. What? Remember when I said that Grandma told me to go find my grandpa and she gave me money? I'm so glad that he bought that. Oh, that was a deception. I did not know that. I was like hella confused. Everyone was. <laughs> oh, cool. Me. Good job. Word. So, we're side questing off to the university? Yes. Yes. Yeah, yes. but we can't sleep for too long, guys. I gotta get to work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's too much like real life. This D&D. <laughs> I gotta figure out what's in my head because uh, I keep trying to steal the stone. That's a big deal right now for me. Please take it. Please. Uh, make a wisdom saving throw for me, please. Me? But it's in my bag of holding. She can't see it. Drew, yes. Please make a wisdom saving throw for me. Take the stone. 17. Okay. You feel a flash of anxiety about not seeing the stone, but it, it passes fairly quickly. Damn it. So what, it was just like a quick thought in her head and then it just kind of... Yeah. When you mentioned the stone aloud, you you know that feeling you have where you're like, oh my gosh, where's my phone? It was like one of those feelings, but oh my gosh, where's that stone? Okay. Thank you for telling me that because I'm going to do that a lot now. <laughs> yes. Where's the stone? So, uh, yeah, but it, it passes. You, it, it's not noticeable to anyone else. So you are now in front of the University of Ultimate Knowledge. What's it look like, Nate? It looks like any other university ever. It's a, a big old fancy building. Lots of white marble and quartz. Everything is polished and gleaming. There are columns holding up the, the massive structure itself. It is multiple stories tall. This is four or five stories easily. Just by looking at the windows, there are large statues and such outside of what you assume are famous scholars or wizards, depending on where you're looking. So scholars, wizards, you know, astronomers, all that kind of stuff. You are walking through a perfectly manicured garden and lawn on your way up to the the main building itself. You go up a, a set of stairs and find yourself in front of a large it's a wooden door, but it didn't look like wood before. It's some sort of wood that mimics the look of the marble and stone. And it's very light to the touch as you put your hand on the door. It's massive, at least 20 feet tall. And as you pull it, it glides easily on its hinge, as if you're just pushing a curtain aside. Lots of WD-40. Yep. Mm -hmm. Beyond the doors is a large antechamber and there's a desk there with what you assume is a staff member of the university. I would like to go up to the said staff member at the front desk. Okay, you get closer to the staff member, and it is a tiefling. Ah, it's my people. A tiefling man. Mm hmm. <laughs> He's got slightly bluish black skin. Gross. Love it. 
but in a cool way. Yes. <laughs> Not in a gross way. Not like he's a corpse. Like, as in, like, his name's Zach. Oh, why? Why'd you have to name his, make his name Zach? <laughs> because, like, I don't know. That sounds like a tiefling that's like a, like, brooding, got blue-black skin, trying to be all, like, emo. His name's Zach. Zach is a bro name. That doesn't sound like a brooder. Maybe that's a regional thing because that's a... Uh, I'm talking about, like, not an actual, like, broody dude. I'm talking about, like, a douche that's, like, trying to be. Yeah, that's a bro. Yeah, Zach. Yeah, so you, you actually see that there's a, a little name placard there. And this tiefling's name is Zach Stormwind. Z apostrophe A-A-K Stormwind. <laughs> I love it. Thank you. Yes, you're welcome. Ask and you shall receive. So I go up to said name tag, name plate rather, and I I look down at it and I look up at him. I am like, hello, Mr. Stormwind. Hello. Welcome to the university. Surely you've heard of us. My name is Safina Thornburn. Go on. So don't call me Shirley. <laughs> Maybe you've heard of my grandfather or great-grandfather. No? I've heard of a lot of grandfathers. How can I help you? Yeah, fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking for Dorena Ravenridge. She's going to be in the wing of Arcane Mysteries. That way. Any points uh, behind him. Kind of lackadaisically. <laughs> okay. What about... And I look at Drew and I'm like, uh, I ask her, what was the name of that guy that you were looking into? I Drinden. And I turn back to Zach and I say, you know anything about I Drinden? Anywhere in here? I'm just the front desk clerk. I'm doing this for a, uh, a credit. So no, I... I'm in I'm in the numerology department. I don't dawdle with Drindens. Y'all have a computer here that I can just look it up on. <laughs> What's a computer? You haven't heard? <laughs> she wants to go on Doodle. Do you have a card system? Like the Dewey Decimal? We don't use that anymore. We use the Library of Congress now. Nerd. He has no idea what to say. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure what you're asking me. Is there a way to look that up? Bruh? Yeah, you go to the library. You're in the wrong place, though. The library's across the way. Thank you. Was that so hard? Jeez. Uh... I feel like he told you that the lady was in an arcane mystery department. Why wouldn't we want to go there? Well, I was just asking for Drew just to see if there was anything here about him. Yeah. So he told us where the library is over there. Now we know. Okay. Well, bye. Bye, Zach. Mr. Helpful. <laughs> All right. So Arcane Mysteries wing. Let's go. Have a good day. I cast blindness on Zach. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> She's not kidding, though. You follow the signs, you run across a directory, and uh, get lost a few times, but eventually you make your way to the Wing of Arcane Mysteries. This feels more like a museum than a, a university in this wing. So there are a lot of artifacts behind glass. There are students and staff members kind of crowded all around them. 
Some of them are running uh, tests with weird magical devices, often classrooms to your right and left, and you are looking for Dorena Ravenridge. There's another front desk and another staff member. Great. Don't tell me your name is Zach. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's not Zach. This staff member's name is... Let's see. What's a good name for this bro? Um, Oh my God. Brandon or Brad are so good. I had a friend named Brad and we called him B-Rad. And he was such a bro. I knew uh, a kid named Brandon in middle school who turned out to be like, uh, what is it? Like a men's rights activist. Ah, cool. Oh, (laughs) why? Yeah. No. We don't talk. (laughs) No, 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 no. That's why I'm like Brandon. (laughs) So Brandon's actually a half orc in a tank top. With the school motto on it. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Hold on. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's make it Brandon. Let's spell it right though. B-R-A-N-N dash D-O-N. Brandon. Why are you dash happy? Brandon. Uh, yeah. It is a uh, half orc. Uh, big muscly half orc. He's wearing a tank top and he's wearing some sort of weird eyewear that's got slats in it. nice as you come up he goes hey what's up hi Dorena Ravenridge please oh right over there he points at um, uh, a woman towards the towards the back of the the hallway that he's that that is behind him (laughs) all right Brandon thank you I kind of, I kind of wave my hand in front of him to like see if he can actually see me. Hey, what's up? Mm-hmm. Oh, nothing. Have a good one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you too. Sweet. It's always good to see another half orc in the university. You know, we get such a bad rap. <sighs> I, w- I wonder why. <laughs> I bet you can poorly rap too. <laughs> Rap? Well, I mean, I am going for my doctorate, so I guess I rap pretty well. Um, I mean, I've done a lot of bandages and you know, that, that sort of thing. Um, so, you know, I'm just really excited for when I get my license and I can actually study out on my own. Open my own practice, you know? Where, where, uh, What borough would you like to settle in, you think? Oh, man, that's a hard question. Yeah. Um, well, I've got family out in Ada's Bounty, but, you know, I've always kind of wanted to see if I could break out into Lux. Whoa. Yeah, you know, it's it's kind of a far... Uh, uh, it's a big dream to, to aim for, but, you know, maybe. You know, maybe. I'm rooting for you, Brandon. Thanks. <laughs> he uh, fist pumps you. I fist bump, yeah. Uh, and then turn to where he pointed. What's going on over there? Okay. you Did I ever say what Dorena Ravenridge's race was? No. Okay, sweet. So I can make it up on the spot. I love it. <laughs> um, Dorena Ravenridge is a deep elf woman. She is dressed in long 
flowing robes. They are charcoal gray with turquoise accents, actual turquoise stone accents. And she is standing there looking at one of the artifacts that is on display in this hall. So she's by herself. Yes, she's by herself. Okay. I walk up to her. I guess she's taller than I am, so I can't tap her on the shoulder. You can certainly try. (laughs) I get to the side of her and I go, excuse me, Miss Ravenridge? Yes. Hi, I'm Safina Thornburn. Ah, like, um, uh, Dr. Milo Thornburn? Any relation? Yeah, he's my grandpa. Ah, he's... He was one of my close colleagues quite some time ago. Are you a professor? I am. Here in the Arcane Mysteries Department. Uh, okay. Is there... Some place we can speak a little more privately, or is this doable in this area? Are we alone? Are you asking her or are you asking me? Her. Well, depending on the nature of your query, we could talk here or we can go to my office. I'd like to motion for her to come down so I can whisper in her ear. She bends over. I'm trying to find my grandpa. He got He went missing 10 years ago, as I'm sure you know. Why don't we talk in my office? Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Ooh. Oh, is your uh, entourage coming with you? Yeah, these are my friends. Friends, say hi. How do you do? Dorena Ravenridge. Hello. Oh, God. Scared me. Great great to meet you. Agamir. Merchant sailor. Ah. Always a pleasure to meet a man of the sea. Ah, uh, and, and there is a, a copper in our midst. Yeah, hi, I'm Scar. How do you do? Good. You? (laughs) Lovely. I whisper up to her, I say, don't worry, she's cool. (laughs) She's a cool cop. She whispers back to you, that remains to be seen. (laughs) (laughs) That's valid. Ah, and you, my dear, are quite interesting, aren't you? She's looking at Drew. Uh, Drew walks forward and extends her hand out, and she's like, I'm an Eldrin. How the heck are you? Because <laughs> now she knows that she can't get in trouble. She's never been able to do that before. Ah, uh, yes, and quite a bold one at that. Like, well, I just got a spe- special privilege to, uh, you know, I'm allowed to exist for a little while, and so I'm going to make the best of it. Excellent. Ever seen the Hunchback of Notre Dame when he gets out of the tower? <laughs> yeah. It's great. Canon. Yeah. <laughs> so she leads you to her office. It's a, it's not a small office, but it's quaint and well-appointed. There's a lot of books around and curios, strange looking artifacts and ornaments all around the office. It's tasteful though. It's not like messy. And she sits down at her desk. It's a large desk. It's very clean. And she says, So, Safina, your grandfather, what do you know? I kind of half slam, but like in a respectful way. I half slam my... (laughs) I slam in a respectful way. (laughs) I slam my hands down on the table and I go, What do you know? 
Well, my dear, I don't mean to be rude. However, it would be quite a deal easier if you told me what you know, and I can tell you then what I know, and we don't talk over ourselves. <laughs> she has a point. Mm-hmm. I concede. <laughs> and I reach into my my vest inner pocket. I pull out the letter and I give it to her. The letter that says that uh, from my grandfather saying that he was on an expedition to Tor and he arrived safely in Don Muldor. And then I show her that and I say, I haven't heard anything from him since 10 years ago. Uh, this is your grandfather's handwriting. So... How did you learn of me, little one? Well, you knew that he had an apartment kind of next door. So I found your name on one of his papers. I see. Which which one of these papers? Mm-hmm. I don't know. One with the university letterhead. Ah, I see. Yes. So I was um, talking with your grandfather some time ago about... Some of the the mysteries in uh, the Torin Caverns, I may or may not have been the one who gave him a hint of the expedition that he took up, a search for an an orcish shrine deep below the Torin landscape. Okay, do you have any idea who he was with? Unfortunately, I wasn't in contact with your grandfather. After I I told him of this, he got very excited and decided he wanted to find uh, someone to take him to Tor. Uh, Last I heard, he was um, in contact with a lore keeper, as a matter of fact. A lore keeper? Any idea what the name was? Deny, Denay, something with a D. Okay. If I remember correctly, he took off from, like, somewhere in the north. Any idea where that was? Well, it stands to reason that he would leave from the Bay of Iron up in uh, the Minithril Peninsula. That is the one of the westernmost ports, or, excuse me, the easternmost ports of Alari. Okay. Can I roll a quick insight on her just to make sure she's being entirely forthcoming? Please do. That's a 16. You sense that she is being honest and trustworthy with you. Okay. Um, thank you for your time. Is there anything else you might be able to tell me? Or maybe I should just follow up on these leads. Well, I would be interested to hear what you find out. Your grandfather is quite the uh, the scholar, and I would be very interested to, to find out what he's heard, if he's found anything, once you get in contact with him. She kind of adds that last bit on kind of quickly. Since your grandfather hasn't been heard of in so long, maybe something bad has happened, but she's leaving the opportunity. She's leaving it open-ended and not if he comes back, when he comes back type of deal. Okay. Hopeful. I like it. Yes. Thank you. 
Professor Ravenridge. We'll be out of your hair now. I appreciate your time. Wait, she's the professor of arcane mysteries. Why wouldn't Emily ask her about the pendant? Or why wouldn't you ask about the necklace or any of that shit? Don't you want answers? Do you say that in character? Yes. Yo, let's not leave before we get some answers from this lady about your magic stuff. Would arcane mystery, would uh, this be an arcane mystery, I guess? Why not? It's magic, isn't it? Well, the pendants are magical. We rolled our arcana on them. That's what I'm saying. I mean, okay. Right, right before we uh, turn around, I'm like, what was her name again? Dorena Ravenridge. So I turn back around and I say, uh, Professor, um, actually, do you have uh, a few moments to answer some questions on uh, arcane things? I suppose. Okay, she sits down. I, I do have a class to teach in about an hour, so... Not even listening. Um, so here's what's happening. I A few years ago, I was uh, down in the catacombs of Ilar's birth, and I found this room that had a bunch of like weird stuff in it. So I took a rock, and I put it on a chain in my hair. Here it is, and I kind of like show it to her. And I'm like, it's jade, it's pretty, um, and that's kind of... Do, do I, like, know the word arcane focus? Like, do I know what that is? Are you self-taught as a cleric? Yes. No, you would not know that. Okay. I'm like, I don't know what it is about it, but I kind of had a connection with it. So, and I feel like, uh, and it's kind of in some way, I'm sure, connected to my magical powers. I don't know how. But um, anyway... So that's been going on. Um, and then we, a few weeks ago, went down into the catacombs again, into the same tomb where I found this. And it turned out that the person who was in the tomb, Idrindin, is actually gone. So someone has done something with his body, um, which is not great. Or he is risen, which is like also not a thing because, you know, as we all know... Undead are not real. <laughs> so that can't be what's going on. But ever since we were in there, um, we found a guy in there who was like worshiping Idrindin and he had on this pendant. And I like kind of motioned to Saf to like not take the pendant out of her back. I'm like, found this pendant. But I thought when you talk about it, that's when you go, oh my God, where's my phone? I know, but like my arms, like I'm just kind of like, no, please don't. Like, good. I start doing it like first. Good, because she was, because I was super ready to take it out. Doesn't she need to see it? Well, she will, but like that's, I have to tell her what's going on first. Oh, okay. Um, we found this pendant uh, that this guy was wearing. Ever since then, I've had these dreams and these nightmares of this uh, ghost person yelling at me to seize the stone. And I like, which I thought were just nightmares. And then the other day when we were going through the Grotty Network, it felt very real. And like this ghost thing screaming at me to seize the stone. And then when Saf held it up, I got like immediate need to grab it. And then I lunged for it, not even realizing what I was doing, which is like terrifying. So I don't know what's going on. So you got any arcane knowledge for us, Professor? Very interesting. So to speak on the, the stone in your hair first, this is this is an arcane focus. Mm. 
So it actually channels your power and condenses it and uh, clarifies it. And that allows you to control the magic that flows around you. Neat, neat. So this is just a normal arcane focus. However, it's fairly... It's not malignant, let's say. Not malignant? It it doesn't mean to malign you. It it, it has no will of its own. It's just a stone. A locus locus point, if you will. Oh, neat. Uh, This other stone that you're speaking of, it sounds like something that I've come across in my studies before. It sounds like a a signature amulet. Mm-hmm. What is that? Uh, signature amulets were used in very, very olden times, similar to an arcane focus. However, they called it a signature amulet because the the wielder of the amulet would imprint some of themselves magically into the amulet. It's a Horcrux. <laughs> Honestly, that's totally what it sounds like. <laughs> now, usually the signature amulets were used for beneficial purposes, such as if, let's say, a wizard did not want to forget a very specific ritual that they had performed, they would uh, make sure to record it in their signature amulet, and then they could recall it as a memory whenever they wanted. So it's not so much as a part of them as a part of their memory. And these amulets were used, it's believed, by just one individual. So you wouldn't be able to say if, say, Safina had a signature amulet, uh, Drusilla would not be able to add her memories to Safina's amulet. Therefore, signature, it's for one person. Or that's what we theorize anyway. Do you happen to have this on you? Uh, we do. However, whenever uh, I'm around it, I kind of freak out. So... Interesting. I think I'd have to leave for that. Oh, okay. Um, well, we... Like I said, we've only read about signature amulets, so no, no one's actually ever seen one. So if I could have an opportunity to see it, that would that would be very, very beneficial for me. Okay, Drew, you want to step out real quick? <laughs> <laughs> Scar, you want to barricade the door? Sure. Uh, Drew, I I don't want to leave it (laughs) and don't like that, but I do. Okay. So I'm, uh, I look like I'm, I'm kind of like fighting and forcing myself to leave the room and then I do so. Okay. I slowly pull out the amulet. Okay. The amulet is now out. Should I take my headphones off? No, it's fine. I imagine they would immediately just tell you all of this mm-hmm. once it, the amulet is hidden again. So she takes it out and, uh, yeah, Saf takes it out and Professor Ravenridge takes a look at it. She doesn't touch it. She very carefully uses one of, uh, it's like a, a stylus or a, a baton type tool. 
to uh, inspect the amulet. She lifts it up carefully off of the desk. She doesn't touch it. She very carefully does not touch it. And she pulls out a little magical device from one of the drawers of her desk and looks through a lens on it at the the amulet and makes a few affirmative and inquisitive noises like, huh, hmm, hmm, mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> a lot of that for a while. Uh, she looks it over for about five minutes or so. And she says, well, I can't say for certain, but it does appear to have the same arcane signatures as to what was theorized about signature amulets. So it, it, that, that appears to be what it is. So you have no idea what would happen if Drew seized the stone? Absolutely not. Damn. Do you think it's a good idea if she does it? If she seizes the stone? I, okay. Um, hmm. How do I put this? Uh, I can't tell you it would be good or bad. I can tell you if this is a signature amulet, then if Drew did touch it, we may gain some insight on how these signature amulets were used, and that knowledge may be invaluable. However, I wouldn't recommend it, though I would very much like to see it. (laughs) (laughs) So it's not like she touches it and a gigantic ghost genie monster pops out and tries to kill us all. The arcane theories about the signature amulets would not point to that being a possibility, no. So then let's let her touch it. I don't understand. We want to find out what would happen and why she's having these dreams. And the dreams are telling her to touch the thing. Let her touch it. Well, if she's going to touch it, she might as well touch it in front of the professor. That came out really wrong. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Can you repeat the title of the video again for us? (laughs) The title of the what? Uh, that's... I just think she should touch it. Why would she say that? <laughs> Title of Emily's sex tape. Or Drew's sex tape. <laughs> I just think she should touch it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I was about to agree with Justin. Like, that makes sense. There's a person here. Touch it in front of them. <laughs> I call Drew back in the room. <laughs> All right. And it's out, right? Oh, God, this is getting to... No, you have to... You can't say things like that. Shush. Think before you speak. <laughs> Agamir's just like, I, I I, appreciate that someone in your position would be able to show such restraint. Title of Jordan Sexton. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh, God. <laughs> Not really <laughs> Episode 12, title of your sex tape. <laughs> yes. I approve. It's perhaps best that we uh I le- we know more than we than we did when we came here, so Yeah, but I think because we're in a controlled environment, we've got the professor who has all this knowledge. We've got two sh- strong people and a little thing with a gun. Thanks. <laughs> we should we should do this. Okay. 
Are you all speaking in character right now? Yes. I spoke in character. Same. I'm not in the room yet. Uh, well, if we were going to perform this experiment, there is a experimentation chamber that we could go to that is a more, a more controlled environment than uh, my office. <laughs> so let's go there. So put it away for now. <laughs> yes, please. Yes. And we'll go to someplace more private. <laughs> so uh, Saf places the amulet back in the back of holding. Everyone leaves the office, sees Drew, and uh, who's going to let her know that you're going to let her touch the amulet? <laughs> I put my finger to my nose. <laughs> I actively think that's a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's this whole plan, so not me. So I guess it's going to be Scar, huh? Yes. Short straw. I don't know. I want to. So you have to tell Drew that now. Okay. Hey, Drew. Yeah, Scar. So (laughs) while... Did we tell her all the information that the doctor told us first? Not yet. I mean, you could say that you just tell her. Yeah, I told her about all of that. And then I add... So I think now would be a perfect time to find out what happens when you touch the amulet because we're in a controlled environment. We've got all this knowledge now, so we have a better understanding of what it is and because you've got all of us here to help. And I'm going to roll for persuasion to persuade her. That's valid. We are a D&D podcast. Yeah. uh, Persuasion versus insight, please. Insight. You're just impulsive, aren't you? <laughs> Seven. <laughs> Fifteen. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Drew thinks uh, against her better judgment, perhaps, that, yeah, it's time. This is a great idea. Let's do it. Oh, my God. Yes. Stop to touch it. <laughs> so, Professor Ravenridge says, excellent. Right this way. And she leads you down a hallway and down a staircase, down another staircase, and then you are in a room that it, it looks like it's lined with some sort of metal all along the inside, and there's an observation window that people can stand in. There's a small table in the center where Professor Ravenridge stands Drew up with her back facing the table, and she motions for Saf to come and put the amulet on the table. So Drew has her back to the amulet the whole time. And Professor Ravenridge says, okay, Drusilla, so we're going to have you touch the amulet, but you can see us right through that window right there. So wait until my mark. We're going to close everything off, and then you'll touch the amulet, and we're going to observe what happens. Are you okay with this? Nope, but here we go. (laughs) Okay, so... Do you not want to? I convinced her to. She doesn't have a choice. I mean, it's the only, yeah. Well, she convinced me to, so there's that. But also, like, how, like, where else am I going? Who else am I talking to? I've got a professor of arcana right here. Makes sense. I want the dreams to stop, I'm sure. Yeah, just, we're going to have to find six more of these, right? Oh, horcruxes? (laughs) Horcruxes, yeah. All right, I'm ready. Okay, Saf puts the amulet on the table, 
Everyone leaves except for Drew. You have your back to the table. They lock the door up and they all are now looking at you through the observation window. And Dr. or uh, Professor Ravenridge, rather, motions for you to turn around. I do that. <laughs> this is so exciting. You see the amulet sitting on the table. It looks like it never has before. It looks shining. Remember, this is a stone amulet. Uh, with a jade inlay and you look at the amulet and it looks like it's kind of shining but also it looks like it's almost levitating up towards you so what do you do i want to touch it (laughs) okay you touch it everyone except for emily take your headphones off please no i hate this we're going to get dragged on Twitter. Why? For doing this? Because I touched the amulet. Everyone's going to be like, why did you do that? And we're going to have to be like, Nicole. <laughs> no, nah, it's fine. Okay. So you touch the amulet and you immediately black out. <gasps> you come to and you're in the black void, the same void that you were in when you were traversing the Grotti network. What would you like to do? You don't see anything around you. You're just in a void. I'm just in a void. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to make a Minecraft joke. Um, okay. I'm just in a void. Okay. I start calling out like, hello. Hello. Ghost. I feel very um, Hamlet or uh, yeah, I feel very Hamlet calling out to the ghost to come back and visit me. Yeah. So... You hear a thud from behind you in the void. I spin around real quick. You don't see anything. I start running in one direction. Okay. You're running. It doesn't seem like you're going anywhere because it's a void. And all of a sudden you hear two more thuds on either side of you. Thud. thud. I reach out and try to touch around me. Can I feel anything around me? You... Reach your arms out and you don't feel anything. You don't see anything. You don't feel anything. You can see your hands, though. Can I... I'm going to... Can I cast the cantrip light? Yes. I'm going to do that. On what? On um, me, I guess. Okay. You begin to glow in the void. Uh, You can kind of start to see the light emanating from you, oddly, because... It being a void, there's nothing for the light to hit. Yeah. But you can still see the light coming off of you. Roll me a perception check, please. Um, perception check. Natural 20. Excellent. You see a dark shape in front of you. And it seems to be moving slightly. It's very large. And in your head, you hear, Welcome to my domain. (laughs) And you see a gigantic eye open up right in front of you. And it is jade green. I thought you were going to say it is gross. (laughs) No, it's, it's jade green. It's not bright, but it, it looks... I don't know how to describe it other than it looks ancient. 
Mm -hmm. It has no pupil in it, though it you automatically recognize it as an eye. And as that eye opens, you see six other eyes open. No! Around little eyes. (laughs) Up above the the single large eye, and you hear in your head again, you are mine. I hate this. <laughs> and you see in the darkness, it looks as though there are tendrils coming towards you, and they they hug you, not in a malevolent way. In like a in like a soothing way? <laughs> a comforting hug. It's kind of like a comforting hug, except a comforting hug from very large boa constrictors. And you black out again. And you come to in the same exact spot that you were in the experimentation chamber. Okay. We're allowed to come back in? Yes, you can come back in. Okay, so you saw Drew standing there. uh, And she... Stands very still for about 10 seconds or so. And then she turns around to the observation window towards you. What happened? (laughs) I am breathing super hard and again, very sweaty. Um, This was terrifying. Um, I turn back around and I'm like... I was I was nowhere. I was I was in like a void where there's nothing and I tried to run and I couldn't run very far and I cast light and I couldn't see anything and then suddenly there was a big eyeball in front of me that was made out of jade or it had a jade it was made out of jade? No pupil, right? It was a giant jade eye. It's a giant jade eye. And then all of these other little eyes opened up around it and it had these big old tentacles and it said, you are mine. And then it reached forward and grabbed at me. And now here I am standing in this room. So thanks, Scar, for letting me sell my soul to a demon. (laughs) (laughs) I'm thrilled with this. (laughs) It's at this point you notice that the amulet is gone. What? That's crazy. She absorbed it. Is her is her the amulet and her braid unaffected? Yeah, it's unaffected. I mean, at least now we know. <laughs> Drew, are you you're still in the Yeah, you're still in the um the experimentation chamber by yourself. Yeah. So Professor Ravenridge asks, Do you feel any different? Do I feel any different? Roll for feeling different. No, you don't feel any different. <laughs> okay. No, just a little uh, freaked out. You don't want to kill all of us, right? Not all of you. Stare at Scar. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh, okay, well, this is not something I was expecting. So what does this mean? Does this mean I, like, serve this thing now? W- what thing? I explained it already. Oh, right. Are you listening to me? You're not a very good teacher. Well, um, I'm just so taken aback by everything that's happened today. Everything happened so quickly, really. This is a lot to, to comprehend all at once. Um, if you don't feel any different, it doesn't seem like you would be beholden to this entity. Okay. It had one big eye. It had a bunch of little eyes. and had like a shit ton of tentacles. 
it wasn't so much grabbing me and squeezing me as it was grabbing it. And I was going to say caressing, but that's weird. It was like snuggling me. <laughs> Interesting. Hmm. Like it was happy to see me. <laughs> it didn't seem like it wanted to harm you? Um, no. It did not seem like it, it had any kind of ill intention. But it was uh, definitely said that uh, I belonged to it now. So that's like not super great. Are there any, were there any instruments in this chamber that would have detected any surges of magical activity or anything? Yes, there, there, there were. Um, however, none of them went off. So how, how is that possible if magic was used? Yes, this is very, very strange because none of the instrumentation went off. It appears that this is not magical then. That would be my deduction. I am going to need to pour over the results of the of all of this in much more fine detail. Out of character, real quick. Did Drew? So, from my previous notes on what Drew knew, or like Drew was able to gather about Idrindin, or and the pendant was was this the mosaic image was of this character called the the shepherd. Did she tell the, the, the rest of us about this? Mm-hmm. Yes, I did. Okay. Yeah, I'm mean, just going to ask, like, do you think that was... Did it look like the mosaic? Oh, did it? Can I roll a history? <laughs> yes. 17. To your eyes, it does look like the shepherd. <gasps> Good job, Jordan. I'm paying attention. <laughs> Because none of the rest of us were. Dope. So you might have just met the shepherd. Cool. I met the shepherd. That's the thing that Idrindin was worshipping. So that's good to know. The shepherd. So now that, so now I'm, I guess, one of its followers? That's, am I going to go crazy like two bricks? Did you make any deals with this shepherd? Nope. It just said, now you belong to me. And then we snuggled. <laughs> Isn't the shepherd like one of the old gods? Yes. One of the old gods. Well, the old gods are just stories and they're, you know, allegorical. Apparently not. I mean, you all were here with me. She was standing in front of us for 10 seconds, maybe, and is now telling us that she had these visions. These visions? Lady, do you need to leave? Are we going to have to fight? Well, I mean, the instrumentation didn't go off. I mean, unless we have further analysis, we can't really explain what's happened. Oh, further analysis. Yeah. Further analysis on the Eldrin. I see. I see how this is. Nah, nope. Peace by leaving. I'm calling what's his face. I'm, I'm not trying to analyze you just my instruments will have recorded this incident and i need to go over their findings uh-huh all right well we've got to get going to where are we going again the inn what the hell was the inn's name 
I need to find out. Are we going to the library so I can look up Hydrodidn some more? Yeah, so we got to go to the library, and then we got to go over to Fellows. So you can just drop us a letter when you get all that information from your instruments. Uh, okay. Um, uh, send me a message in the post once you've gotten to your location, and I'll use the information from the courier to get your address. And yes, I'll I'll send you my findings. Sounds good. We'll do that. Excellent. You're um, Drew. You you are feeling okay. I mean, I'm not great. Uh, okay. Not feeling super great, Sharon. I don't really remember what your name is. I'm going to call Durana? you Sharon. I'm not feeling great, Sharon. Um, I'm pretty sure I just met an old god. And as we all know, uh, gods don't exist. And I was pretty sure all these things were one thing. And now there's these other things. And now I'm uh, going to go crazy. So not great. As you're talking, your hand begins to itch. No. Does it really? The palm. I hold it up and I'm like, itchy. <laughs> itchy palm. Are you wearing your gloves? No, I'm not. Okay. Uh, you. I'm excited. I don't have to hide anymore. You hold your hand up to the window and everyone can see the symbol that was on the amulet on your palm. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like such a dick. And that's where we're going to end. Uh. No, no. <laughs> I'm in a cult. <laughs> I feel like such a dick. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Oh man! Wow, Nicole's over here like just put the amulet on. Just it's just a glass of Kool Aid. Can't hurt you. No, I mean, come on! Well, I had no idea that was gonna happen. Oh man! Yeah, so that's where we're gonna end. <laughs> that's fucked up. Thank you all so much for listening. I had a great time DMing. I hope my players had a good time playing, and I hope that you had a good time listening. The village idiot this week is definitely me. It's going to be Scar yep. for having Drew touch the stone. Yeah, that is 100% fair. <laughs> so, yeah. That means I'm in the lead now. <laughs> <laughs> if everyone wants to uh, provide their feedback for this episode, where, where might they do that, Nicole? You can get in touch with us on Twitter. At Village Idiot Pod. Personally, you can find me on Twitter at Nicole the Nerdy. Tell me how dumb I am and how much of a jerk I am for making <laughs> Emily do that. <laughs> you can find me uh, at JRoma20. I'm at Neurotic Good. I am at Village Idiot's DM. And I do not exist. He may as well be floating in a void. <laughs> Can't find me. Yeah. We have a website too, right, Nicole? Yeah. It's villageidiotspodcast.com. We have lots of cool stuff up there, like the tally for who's been the village idiot the most times. I'm in the lead now by one. <laughs> Followed closely by RDM. And you can find a blog up there, and we do Fun Fact Fridays. And my favorite thing that's up there is the gold tally for Agamir getting his own ship. Woo! Yeah. No progress uh, No progress this time around, but uh, we'll see next time. It, it'll happen. One of these days. <laughs> yeah. Got some dope-ass art up there, too. 
Yeah, and you can also find a link to our Patreon. Yeah, Patreon! We just kicked it off. I feel like every single person I know is talking about our Patreon, um, mostly because you guys are my only friends. Um, But... (laughs) 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 it's amazing we're going to have um a lot of uh sweet content we already have some stuff up there but um one of the cool things is there's a mini campaign that we actually did that is also set in the world of lanamora it's kind of a prequel if anyone wants to listen to us be really uncomfortable um (laughs) they can go listen to that Besides the mini campaign, there's stuff on there um, where Nicole and I basically just bullshit. It's called What's What with Dilly and Dally. We are hopefully going to have a lot of other cool stuff up there, including some merch and um, a lot of special tiers, like being able to name an NPC. And we have a lot of cool stuff in the in the works. So if you could head over and look at that Patreon, that would mean a lot to us. We would also love if you've got um, iTunes or if you've got Spreaker, if you could go on and leave us a review and let us know how we're doing. We really love to read that and uh, let us know and we'll shout you out on the podcast for uh, being a super cool dude. Or do that. Or Dudette. <laughs> dude is dude is a gender neutral word for Emily. I was just joking around. Yes, dude is a gender neutral word for me. <laughs> yeah, I use dude with anybody. I'm a dude. He's a dude. She's, She's a, a dude. dude. We're all We're dudes. All dudes. Hey, <laughs> gotta listen to Kel. Only ninety kids just remember. Yeah, I called my mom dude once and she got really mad at me. (laughs) (laughs) If you can't call your mom a dude, who can you call? Honestly, right? My wife called me dude once. It made me really uncomfortable. And when he says his wife, he means me. And you did not say anything about being uncomfortable when I called you dude. I call Nathan dude constantly. It's like a pet name. (laughs) What about when I called you bro that one time? made me throw up a little bit oh my god can i tell you guys really really quick nathan called me babe the other day and i like almost like lost it like he he, we've never he has never that's just never been a a nickname we use and so like we were standing in the kitchen and he was like thanks for doing that babe (gasps) and he like drew it out because it was weird and he knew it was weird and so he tried to make it funny and it just was weirder i immediately made it better by saying that that was the pet name for my other wife (laughs) Yes, he was like oh sorry i tried to correct it because that's the pet name for my other wife (laughs) i mean that's better than him trying to kill you and if you want to hear that story then you definitely (laughs) should become a patron because emily tells us that story on what's what with dilly and dilly and it's yes hysterical um justin and i call each other babe sometimes most of the time yeah Anyway, married life. <laughs> we should sign off. Yes. Yes. Uh, so, yes. Again, thank you so much for listening. Hope you tune in next week when we find out what is going to happen to Drew. How is she going to explode or die a horrible death with tentacles and all that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, my God. Please sprout tentacles. So, from all of us at the Village Idiots podcast, bye. 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 <laughs> Bye.